my brother from another mother. How you doing? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Good weekend? <laughs> yeah, wild, wild week. And I've got an accumulation of some really, really lows. Not many highs. What about you? Um, yeah, it's good, mate. I haven't got too many lows um, as well. And I haven't got too many highs. <laughs> really? I always say that, don't I? I'm like that every week, aren't I? So <laughs> it's just like nothing much happens. <laughs> I've got many, many lows and not much highs. But I'll, I'll just start off sharing my first low. So basically, back to the swimming pool with the kids last week. I had a tough day out on the bike already and I did a short run. And normally on a Wednesday, I think it was a Wednesday, the swim is more of an aerobic set. It's always pretty big, so like between four and six Ks, but mostly aerobic. Then I turned up and the coach had a little surprise for me. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you're able to, um, I'm going to put you in the long distance lane today. And I was like, oh, all right. So basically, it's a lane with a couple of kids training for 1,500 meters. And these kids are like, if you thought the other kids kids were rapid, these were like really rapid. It was like I got put in a pool with dolphins. Um, <laughs> basically, I was doing the warm-up. And about halfway through the warm-up, I was bonking, but really, really bad. And this was the first time in probably two months that I've been like really bonking. I should have had that glucose monitor. Anyway, Mate, that super sapiens would have saved you, wouldn't it? That would have saved I know, you. It would have literally saved me. Uh, but I had to black my way into like the changing room because I'd have my back with gels and all that. But of course, I couldn't pull the chili con carne anymore because I already did it last week. So I said to him, like, honestly, I'm really, I'm bonking so hard. And if you want to like see me doing a proper swim set, I need to get out right now. Went to the locker room. I got free gels, downed all free gels. I got a caffeine shot. I knew shit was going to be real. So I downed a caffeine shot back in the pool. And we had to do like 400. So I, I don't even remember how was, many. Was the caffeine so, thing, that strong one, what you gave me? What was yeah, it? Something like that, that test tube? Like yeah, that that, random it's stuff. that beast. That beast. <laughs> the random European caffeine, what he gave me. It was. Um, <laughs> but I, I managed to, uh, to uh, swim my way through it. And I actually had a really good swim set. But um it was a massive low feeling bonked again, but them kids, they were swimming 400s, like banging 110 every 100, every 100. So doing like 400s in sub 440 is uh, So you were amazing. doing 300s while they were doing 4s then? <laughs> 150? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was coming in at like uh, 120. So for me, it's like pretty good. 120s, 119s. And, uh, and then going straight there. away. No rest. They had about a minute rest. They had three minutes rest. I was coming in. <laughs> no, it was a good session. What? What about, Do you have any lows then? Uh, well, the, the the one main low that I had, uh, which it was good because I went to the wind tunnel. Um, but the, obviously like it was absolutely freezing and the wind is just pushing on you. It's like from outside. So this time of year is absolutely freezing. And I was in there and it just kept like shooting, like freezing cold air on me. And I was in there for four hours and I was so cold towards the end. It took me about two hours to warm up afterwards, like literally almost shivering. It was like, you got to the point and it was costing like 400 pounds an hour. And you're like, God, like I want to test as much as I can, but I'm fucking freezing. Like how many more can I do? It was like a mental battle telling yourself, just do two more. Just do two more <laughs> positions, then you can stop. Two, that was what I was like that. in the pool. That was what I was yeah, like in the pool. Yeah, it was like, well, I was like in there, just sat on my bike. I wasn't really doing anything, but I was just freezing. I was like shivering. Oh, you've paid a lot for this. Just keep battle through, battle through. And I got, I was like absolutely frozen when I finished. Are, are there any highs on going into the winter? Or did you manage to get any knowledge from it? 
Uh, I literally just got the data back, um, and I need to probably check. I, I need to probably have a look at it because I'm seeing because obviously last time when I went in, we went in. I'm trying to think when it was June, so it was a lot warmer, so the air was different. So they've got to do the calculation to see how it compares from this time to last time. But yeah, we did find out some. We did find out some improvements in the position. And the good thing is, I always find with the wind tunnel is you uh, rule out what doesn't work. You know, you can say this doesn't work, that doesn't work, and you can kind of go forward from there. And it stops you like messing around or tinkering with your bike and putting in positions. Uh, one thing I will say is duct tape can make a decent difference, and slamming the stem at the front isn't always quicker. They're like the two um, two big things to uh, which people, you know, you see a lot of people t- duct taping their mono bars, and uh, it was actually uh, funny enough quicker than not duct taping it. Yeah, that is uh, kind just of just a bit. Just looks a bit tacky. That's the only downside. It's like your duct tape is has been the thing during your time as a student, and now it's coming back again, isn't it? Duct tape is the way to go. Your mate, the wild one, was using that in South Africa. Well, there you go. Another don't think low. He enough, don't think he stored <laughs> enough gels on it though, because I think he uh, had a tough time on the marathon. <laughs> sorry, sorry to bring that up to you, you Michael. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, going back to my week, another low was I've booked a training camp with Joe next week, and um, that's also our main subject of the week. Uh, we're going to talk about training camps, like what what do we book, what are we doing. And basically, what you need to w- watch out for. Uh, I'm nervous uh, about that. I'm really nervous. Why? That you're going to eat all my food and uh, you're going to leave your pots but, and pans, plates, and everything around the house. I, I was actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was I'm actually, like his housemaid when we go away. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's really it's like a holiday. <laughs> any, any, anyway, the cool thing is, Joe. I don't know if you've already been eating carbs because we're going to really close to Marbella. And like we said last week, it's okay to go low carb, high fat if you go in to Marbella because no carbs before Marbs. Yeah, exactly. And I even got a message from Imogen Simmons saying that she'd heard that we were going to Malaga. She was like, I'm not sure what it's like for training, but I've heard it's all right for partying. I said, every day's a party when you're with Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Life's no, just right. one big party. <laughs> all right let's um let's go on. i guess if the trainer does get to us and we get a bit fatigued we can always just sit on the beach or go to a get, go and have a cocktail can't we recovery is a really important part of training because you've been listening to the triathlon terran podcast because i've seen you taking a full day rest today and that's what he said in his latest latest podcast yeah i listen to triathlon terran mate he's a hero of mine you know if you want to get some really good training advice give him a listen It'll de- if you if you like if you think recovery will make you go faster, he's definitely the kind of guy you want. If you believe in hard work will make you go faster, then don't listen to him. You'll be disappointed. You know, it's all about kettlebells, yoga, and thirty-minute bike sessions. He's your man for that. But you have been taking a full day off, and that's what he said you should do. I took a full day off. You know, sometimes he's you've got to listen to the wise ones, Tom. And I'm listening to him. I'm taking a day off, and I've 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 never had so much free time in my hands. That's why I'm early for a change on here. I know. No. You're a man of the people. You're a trainiac. Love it. Anyway, Joe, let's go on with the show. Shall we discuss the race results of last weekend? Because it's been quite a weekend. Shall we start off with Ironman South Africa? Yeah, yeah. Let's go for that then. So go on, you start us off then. What are you going for? Females oh. or males? Uh, well, let's start off with the females. Let's oh, start off with the females. females first for a change. Go on, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners aren't going to know. You're a changed man. <laughs> <laughs> um. It was an absolute, really great race by Ruth Assel. 
two Ironman wins within five weeks. Halfway through the bike, she just took off and never looked over her shoulder again. Her position looks incredible on the bike, doesn't it? I know. She uh, is like a razor blade, isn't she? Yeah. If you haven't seen it, just uh, Google Ruth Vassal or go on Instagram and check out. I'm sure there's a position. There's got to be a position posted somewhere or check out her video. She's got a new YouTube one up and you'll see it. She's like mega aero, but it just looks really strong, doesn't it? You know, she holds a really good position, putting out the power and she just bikes she through the field, cut them up big time. She didn't came out of the aero position like once. That is really, uh, really good going. Well, hardly ever. Um, Imogen Simmons, she was until like the marathon in second, I believe. Um, let's quickly get it over. Um, no, a bit further back. She uh, she uh, uh, bonked halfway through the ride. She did an Ironman two weeks ago. She rolled the dice, thought win it or lose it. And well, it can hit you when you're doing two Ironmans in two weeks. I've never done it. You've done it. I don't know if you've ever had a hit or miss. It's just luck of the draw, to be honest. If you do one two weeks apart, like you can, you could feel great after the first one, and then have big, like expect big things, and uh, it just doesn't turn out on the day. Mm -hmm. Or you could go there, you know, or you could go there and you just have an absolute beast. Oh, it, race. it was still halfway the marathon. She was still in second. Then um, Watkinson came in second in the race. She is the first woman from South Africa podium in a South African race. So that really? must have been a cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they said on the live stream. Must have been a uh, nice homecoming party. She, I thought she was going to, for anyone that didn't watch this, she ran through the field big time. And I thought at one point um, she might catch Ruth Vassal, like, because she was really gaining. I life. know. She, she just came two minutes short. And I think starting the marathon, she was... 13 minutes back from the lead the thing is when you're 13 minutes back like i had a similar thing happen 14 to me. 14 minutes 14 back. minutes like i had a similar thing at ironman uk and when you're that far back it's just pure luck as to whether or not you catch the others up because it's almost like it's out of your hands you're completely out you're, you're almost out of the race and you just have to hope that the person in front of you fucks up basically because as long as they keep strong you're not going to catch them so you're literally you you have to hope they do something wrong and you can't you're going to lose more races than you're going to win if you if you're in that kind of position because more times than not they're not going to you know nowadays everyone's mm -hmm. like at such a high level they just don't fuck up that much and that's True. the problem like she just she needs to just really like improve her bike really because i think she was like she was up there after the swim wasn't she she just lo yep. lost just gave herself too much to do on the bike and especially on a flat course like that you can't really be affording to lose that much time you know, like, and the, mm -hmm. you, you shouldn't really be because on the hills, it's normally where the gaps open up because obviously lower speeds and you can really put some time in. So if she improves that for next year. She'll be right in the mix. But like, you just can't, nowadays, you just can't get off by 14 minutes down and expect to win races. You'll probably get seconds a lot, thirds, if you run that well, but you're just not going to win too many. Let's go over to the pro male field. Uh, was quite a stacked field. The swim, by the way, was shortened for both males and females because uh, due to like the conditions, it was it looked pretty rough. Um, it looked fun. It looked fun. I love. It looked really fun on the live yeah. stream, but I wouldn't want to be in there. But the thing is, what I don't understand is when they say they shorten the swim because it's dangerous. You know, say they say it's dangerous, we're going to shorten the swim. What I don't understand is surely if it's dangerous, then you either can't swim or you can swim. Like, why is it shortened? Because You've just said that it's dangerous. So why are we in the water at all? Like surely then it should be cancelled. And if you can go in, the pros are doing it in 22 minutes. And even the females doing it in 20, you know, pro men 22, 
females, high 22, low 23, so not much slower, which is 23 minutes for a 1900 meter swim for females is very quick, you know, 22 minutes for the men is fast. Mm-hmm. Why are they not doing two laps? Because obviously they're getting around in a decent time. So it can't be too bad, can it? It can't be that slow if you're going around a half in 22, 23 minutes. So surely you should be doing the whole swim or not at all because you've just said it's dangerous. So why are we doing any swim, if any? And at the end of the day, what I don't understand is if you're going to a race that's in an ocean, surely you should be prepared that that the swim is going to be hard. And like, you know, it kind of like takes the edge off a bit because you've got guys in the race, like, for instance, Sam Laidlow, who's an awesome swimmer, Jesper Svensson. And that's where they... That's where they're going to look to put a lot of time into people, aren't they, on the swim? Mm-hmm. And yeah. they've trained a lot in the swim. They're in good form in the swim. And then it's almost like they're having their strength completely neutralized because they're saying it's dangerous. Like, well, they've just, they might have just trained harder and be prepared because they entered a race of a troubled swim so they can get an advantage on people. And it's, um, and, and it's just like if it was safe enough that you could swim one lap, then surely you could swim two laps. And, uh, yeah, I just think, like, as the pros, I mean, for the oh. age groupers, I can understand it a bit more doing a lot shorter because For, they're, they're not oh my god mate it's your whole pack of uh joe's by the way he's in some sort of ace ventura the pet detective aquarium he's in a room filled with what was it like six, six dogs, dogs. Six i told you they're gonna kick off at some five. point he did he did say that he said they're gonna kick off he says like ace ventura i've got five lars poos and elaza by the way if you find the audio shit in this um in this podcast is because joe's mic's been fucked and basically he doesn't have any mic right now he's just using one of his headphones the dogs are kicking off you need to step up your game mate i know mate I'm a, i've let this i've let it down this time sorry guys the mic will be back for next time and the dogs and, will be gone and the dogs will be gone <laughs> and then we well might, we next week find a junkyard dog in next week you'll have another dog coming yeah. at you <laughs> sorry guys i apologize for the junkyard dogs in the background <laughs> they just, they've, just, they've just been keen listeners and they they love that part of the show <laughs> um anyway um well what i find awesome is keenly had such a well he had a not really his best season, let's call it this way. And he was up for like almost winning it. He was two minutes down the swim, bridged up on the bike, and then on the marathon, went on the front till like, I think with 5Ks to go, he almost faded. And then Maurice Clavel caught him. So for him, must have been a good boost to get like a race like this in such field. Yeah, that was a really good one. I thought he was going to win. When he caught Morris, I think, what was it, like seven or eight Ks in, was it something like that? Yeah. I, I thought, oh, he's going to run away with that. And I thought Morris, like looking at his previous races, normally goes out too hard and blows up. Um, but to be fair to him, he paced it fantastic, you know. And mm-hmm. our man who we want to talk about, Rasmus Svenningsen, third place. Third yeah. Place. <laughs> Rasmus Svenningsen came in third, but Joe and I think he could have won the race if he did the taper a bit different. This Let's guy will make you laugh because honestly... I'm getting his Strava up now while we're talking because, like, this is just... You couldn't make this shit up, could you? Like, what this guy does. <laughs> like, that's just all I can say for it. Like, so we go back from the race. So the race is on the... What was the date yesterday? The... God. The 21st. So let's go back to the 13th, should we? Eight days before an Ironman. And uh, we have... So actually, the day before that, so nine days before, you've got a six and a half k swim and an eighteen k run at three forty pace. But then the next day, which is eight days before the race, you've got a two hundred twenty nine kilometer ride. If you're in miles, that is about one hundred forty three miles. Um, at this is where it gets interesting: two hundred eighty two watts average, six hours at two hundred eighty two watts. 
Um, and then the next day, you've got a swim, 3K swim. This is a week before the race. race. Yeah, it's at 117 per 100 metres in open water. And then you've got a 35K run at 3.46K pace or six-minute miling, basically 6.03 miling. That's a day after doing six hours at 283 watts. Then the next day, so that's one week out. Then on the 15th, you've just got a normal day for him, which is like sub four minute K run. Like, I don't think this guy knows how to run under over four minute K base. <laughs> and then you've got on the 16th, five days before the race, 180 Ks on the bike. So you think three days before that, he's rode six hours at 282 watts. Two days before this, he's done 35 K, so 22 miles running at six minute mile. Then he's got four hours, 18, basically a course record on the bike. 329 watts average. I mean, you imagine he's literally just gone out the door four days, five days before the Ironman, and he's just banging it 330 watts for like four hours, 20 minutes. That's his and he wrote, he wrote faster. He was in South Africa and he did a course recce and he wrote faster in that training than during the race, didn't he? Yeah, on that ride, he did the first lap faster than what he averaged for the ride. He did two hours six for that for one lap. He was literally just behind camera, Camworth's time. And that's in his training <laughs> ride five days before the race. So basically, he was faster than. Anyone else who's won that race before, Camworth's the only win that's done one lap. But he did two laps on that. Then he ran off the bike, 341k pace for 8k's. Next day, recovery jog, just 410k pace for 10k, which is probably like the slowest this guy ever trains. Then you've got three days before the race. So you've got that massive one on the on the 16th. Two days later, it's just a short one for him. It's only 121k's this time. <laughs> and he does that 320 watts for three hours. So basically, it, in the last, everybody's the, getting it. Like he is doing, I would say everything above race base during race week. It was um, he did 450k's and something like 60k's so running basically, and swimming without even the Ironman in race week. So, yeah. So basically, he rode two 30k's. Next day, 35k run. Then he had two days off the bike. Rode 180k's. Day off the bike. This one, 122Ks, 320 watts. And then he does the race. And we, I don't know, like, what, I mean, what power does he do for the race? Let's have a look. So I think something like 330. He's uploaded it now, 327. So he actually rode three watts less for the race than what he did five days before in a training I, ride. I wouldn't beat him, even if he had a shit day. But I do think... In race week, less is more. And even because there isn't any race after this one, so it's not like you can like train into another. There is no training race, but well, train into another one. It's The just thing like, is, if you're saying that you're doing a recovery jog at four-minute K pace and then you run slower than your recovery jogs in the race off the bike, I think it's pretty fair to say your taper hasn't worked, has it? Definitely you know, not. You, like, you don't expect to run slower than a recovery jog so why on earth and like you say you're not doing another race this is all that matters you're not are you really you surely you have to ask yourself if i do a 230k ride eight days before six hours at basically 280 watts a 180k ride in the lead up to the race at faster than what i do than like fast at a higher power than race pace and a 120k ride at just under race pace for four days before the race Am I going to adapt to that training in three days? If the answer is no, then why the fuck are you doing it? Like, this is the last race of the year. You haven't got any more races. Like, what sense does it make to do that? Surely you'd be better resting up and going all in. And maybe he rides 340 watts or drops the others because he didn't manage to really drop the others. He only got into transition 15, 20 seconds before the two guys that beat him. 
And he must have been, he was slow in transition because I watched it and he came out of transition 20, 30 seconds behind him and that was it. You never saw him again. Slower than four minute K pace on the run. Those two and put time into to, it. To give an example, I this is what I do sometimes. Um, if you look at Jan van Burkel or at you or Bart Arnouts, um, what they run in a race, you run close to like free, what is it? Free 43k pace, something that like that. Best. That was my best, that was my best, yeah. Exactly, in an Ironman, Jan van Burkel does it. If you see what you're doing and what Jan van Burkel does on Strava, an easy run can be like 440k pace, five minute k pace. Some of these these guys always run. I've, I know this guy in the Netherlands and he's a runner, so it might be a little bit different. But he said... Uh, he just came back from an injury. Injury. He had, he had an injury for more than a year, and he did a 20k easy run at 330k pace. I'm like, mate, you're doing a. He's a fast runner, so he would run a half marathon, and I think in 105. But then I don't think a really like some sort of recovery jog would be 330k. No, pace. so that's like 20, only 20 seconds slower than exactly. his half marathon pace. That's bullshit. He's like lying. It's like people that say they're doing a tempo run, and it's like marathon pace or you know not marathon pace really it's like a threshold pace you know and they say a tempo run or people do a max effort 20 minute run and they call it tempo on Strava because it looks impressive it's like you're just kidding yourself but what I don't but the thing is with this guy going back to that South Africa race is that Kinley and um, Morris would have been rubbing their hands because he's I think his zones in his range is so narrow and he's just racing it like an age grouper like how do I get from A to B as quick as possible which is all well and good if you want to get a fast time and all that. But surely the aim of the game is, how do I beat the others? Okay, they're running way faster than me. Keenly's proved himself in the run. Morris, not so much. He did until to this one. He hadn't really done himself justice over the full distance. But surely you weigh it up. And if that you think that they're going to run faster than you, then why are you towing them along? Because they're going to be happy as Larry, because they're going to think, I've got the better of Rasmus on the run. That's fine. He can lead it if he wants. We don't give a shit, because all he's doing is just pulling us further away from the chasers, which is great, because that gives us a buffer and a bigger margin of error for, for them once we start the run. And then when you get on the run, you're going to piss off and leave him, which is exactly what they did. And you're going to be mm -hmm. like, you almost feel like giving him a pat on the back when you go past and saying, thanks, well, mate, for leading at 330 watts. You've just towed us along. Uh, that Rasmus is a beast. Like honestly, he's uh, like the Terminator. I thought, I, I thought when I if if I'm going on a camp with you, so you'll see that next week. I'll probably be smoked in like four or five days. I wouldn't last a day with Rasmus. <laughs> like what the hell? Going out of your door, 340 watts. Like all of a sudden, then for 180 k's, 230 k's, he doesn't care. He oh doesn't mate, care. he would he would bait you, wouldn't he? Like you'd yeah. be on a training camp and you'd be like, oh, thank fuck, we're gonna have a rest down day four. Then you'd be, he'd say, all right. Rasmus would say, we're just going to go on a recovery ride, three hours. You'd think, oh, great. I've been looking forward to this. The last two rides have been at 330 <laughs> watts. Like, it'd be nice. Yeah, the door. And he's riding 290, 300 watts from the, from, the, from the door. And you're like, Jesus, like, when do we get an easy day I, with this guy? It's really, like, um, it's really, really impressive. I'm, amazed, I'm surprised I, he can ride at 300 watts day in, day out. I think, I think I, it's if, really, really impressive. Yeah, it's impressive. Um, it's, you should anyway, give, give the guy give the guy a follow because it's just you look yeah, at it. Yeah, give him like, a follow on shit. Strava. It's like um an, an achievement on itself. Um anyway, there is a video that's been leaked from him and his coach. We managed to get it. We're gonna share it on a travel on mockery page. I showed it you, Joe. What you thought it was quite funny, wasn't it? Oh, this is from Andre Lopez, not from Rasmus. No, no, no. It was the other video I showed was, you. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Rasmus and his coach training for South Africa. 
Anyway, let's go over to. Oh no, wait. Uh, There's something else I wanted to mention. Um, talking about Evert Scheldinga. He cut out the swim in the front pack, then was in a nice little. Uh, I think he was two or a couple of minutes back from the front pack. He was in fifth place, and then his saddle broke off the bike. Was still 60k's to go. He finished the bike leg. He had to stand on the pedals for the last 60k's with his quads all fucked. He was, I think, last pro of the bike or second to last, something like that. And then he started the marathon and still managed to run up to like 13th. I think that's uh, like a uh, um, winner's mentality. Like, oh, All I can say is, mate, cr- that's why I take my dad with me for, 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 for races <laughs> as a mechanic. But next time, if you're going away to South Africa, give him a message and I'm sure he'll fancy a free holiday to South Africa if you want a mechanic. You won't be riding out the saddle for 60Ks. They <laughs> <laughs> yeah, couldn't do anything about it. Anyway, let's go yeah. over to um, to Cozumel. Needs race skipper as the mechanic, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> race skipper, the mechanic, the sleeping bear. Um, but let's go over to uh, Ironman Cozumel because time is running fast. Uh, especially if they look at them times, Ironman Cozumel. Um, Christian Blumenfeld, people, he said it before. I want to go for the world record. Um, Awesome, awesome time! Like really, uh, in 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 the best conditions. He uh, like even in, in even if you would add, if it would be a normal swim, it would still be a record breaking time. Like awesome. Yeah, he backed it up. He said he was going to go for the world record, yeah. and he did it. So fair play. I mean, what a year! Like Olympic gold. He's won the exactly. world triathlon series, and he's broke the record. So like, that is amazing. But the the most annoying thing for me is two things here with Ironman. Just going on to that is. The guy said in September that he was going to do the race, or maybe even before that. It might have been August, September, something like that. It was absolutely ages ago that he was going to do it. And then he's been saying he's going to go for the world record. And I was saying to Tom earlier, any other sport, if someone makes a claim like that and you've got the Olympic champion, you know, for instance, like you say, Kipchoge saying he's going to go for sub two, you wouldn't have dreamed of not televising it. Why Ironman not televising races like this? I mean, like I looked at their facebook one i was watching south africa and after the part one had been like uploaded it said 1.1 million views straight away i'm sure a shitload of people would have wanted to watch christian bloomfeld trying to go for the world record why are we not getting this televised on something like youtube i mean they would have made more from the ad revenue than what they would have cost them to actually probably televise it and yeah like- you don't even have to have 10 people on motorbikes with cameras and 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 choppers yeah. and uh it's just um it's just shame. get it's a, a sh- camera out right it's just a massive shame to the sport to have something like that and someone publicly say that they were going to go for the record and then to not be able to see it. I think it's just it's just disappointing. And for a sport the size of what triathlon is now and the interest, I think they've really missed out on a trick because it would have been it would have been great. I know loads of people were trying to watch it on bloody Twitter and you're on a tracker. There's something from like the 80s or something where you're waiting for someone to cross a time. And how is Christian Blumenfeld going to show this to his kids? Like, I don't have any camera footage of it, but I broke the world record in 2021. You can't believe it, can you? I guess they'll just have to take his word for it. No one saw it, did they? Anyway, the cool cool thing... Strava, mate. So they do say if it's on Strava, if it isn't on Strava, it didn't happen. But So he's uploaded it. So we 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 can go ahead and say it's happened. It's, it's happened. It's definitely happened. And the cool thing I found was they were with a massive, massive pack on the bike. I think something like 16, 17 people. And Blumenfeld and Patrick Nielsen went off the front and broke away. And Blumenfeld could have easily sat in and just would have said, I'm not going to put any work because I'm going to back my run. 
And I just think that shows that he was really confident of getting that world record and he was confident in his bike and the run after. Yeah, that was good that he did that because he could have sat in. He had some balls. And yeah, as I was saying, my second thing that I'm most annoyed about Ironman is the fact that we haven't had a world championship for a couple of years and the races are so diluted now. I mean, you've got South Africa on, which I think arguably had the better field of the weekend. You know, mm-hmm. Christian Bloomfeld, really good athlete, but I don't think there was as much strength in depth generally in Cotsamol as there was in South Africa. But the, I mean, that's not the athlete's fault. The annoying thing is there's no big races at the moment where there's much more prize money than another one, which will get the big athlete to do it. I mean, it's a shame, you know, you had like Gustav Eden and Lionel Sanders racing a, like a few, two, was it two, three weeks ago in Florida, but you don't get, we want to see all the top athletes racing. And the problem is during the year, because there's all these races that have got $7,500,000 of pro prize money, there's never any one standout race where everyone thinks I'm going to target that. And we don't get the top guys racing head to head enough. And I think that's just a massive shame because it would have been great to race Christian, you know, and see how you could perform and how, how you went against him. You know, I'd love that. Or it'd be great to see how a stacked field of like seven or eight, maybe even 10 of the top guys all racing together on that day could have done. Maybe it would have been faster. Maybe someone else would have won. Who -hmm. knows? But like, it's just a shame for the sport that we're not getting these battles more often and that we're only, you know, getting one or two people turn up to a race and it's just being between one or two people and not like eight or nine people. You know, I just think that it's a a real shame. We haven't had a world championship for two years and we're not getting... um, we're not getting head-to-heads. I mean, you watch the short course racing. I know it's as dull as dishwater half time, but at least they get the top people racing week in, week out. Every week, yeah. That you hardly ever see that in. Um, you never Ironman. see it. You never see it. Too um, many people. Too many people avoid each other. It's like it reminds me of like someone like Mayweather in boxing. You know, where he gets the reputation, and they're like they just dodge everyone, don't they? Never do it. You but know? it's it's also because many long distance triathletes struggle like they they struggle to make a living like they could they can pay everything but it wouldn't like leave a lot of money for pension so if you would always raise the top 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 guys the chance of you winning and getting any decent coin is just you get you got you end up cherry picking really yeah but you get spon- you get more sponsors i think if you were to say a race like True, this weekend and you had I to man say, just like, i man just needs to step up I the mean, prize money on some races and back it down on the other ones yeah like i mean imagine you had these two races on the weekend and like that they had, I don't know, $300,000 for the big one. And then the smaller one had $75,000. All the big hitters would have done the $300,000 one. The, I would, the do, I would have were, done the $75,000 yeah, one. You might, have gone, the other one. <laughs> you might have done that to try and get some money. So like some of the guys that are on the way up could do a race like that. And then the people that think, actually, I want to have a chance of racing for more money might do the bigger race. And if you just had four or five of them, you know, throughout the mm-hmm. year, as well as a big championship race, I'm sure you'd get much stronger fields. I really hope the PTO do something like this. I've heard there's going to be oh, rumours about so four championship races. We, um, Ironman, if you're listening, or uh, send us an email, well, uh, Joe is uh, ready to have a chat. Someone else, <laughs> I wanted to give like a highlight in this race. Uh, he came in fifth, but he could have podiumed. Joe, what happened? So Andre Lopez, he's uh, smashing himself. It's his first Ironman. He's thinking normally in a half, you know where the finish line is. It's all advertised. I'll just, you know, God knows what he's doing. He's probably thinking about what he's going to drink to celebrate his first podium in an, in, an, in his Ironman debut. Not really concentrating. Fucking hell, he runs past the finish line, doesn't he? You know, and he's like, there is missus probably shouting, you need to go back there. You need to go back. The finish line's back there. It's like, what, what, what? Finish line's down here, is it? 
He runs past the finish line, misses it. Two people pop him. Boom, fourth, third, fourth, gone. He goes oh. later on and finishes fifth, misses the finish line. I mean, still an awesome debut in 7.43, but... Oh, he could have podiumed, got some cash, and well, still get some cash, but like podium on in your debut is just so much better. And what I don't understand, like I don't know what happened. He said a volunteer um, waved him the wrong way. In my first lap at an Ironman, I'm already checking where's that finish. I want to get there as soon as possible, and I'm making sure I'm cutting corners and all that that I'm not running a meter extra. Totally, I don't mate. get it. How he must have been in the zone and feeling so fresh that he was like. I'm just going to do another lap. Normally on that first lap, I want to know where the bloody thing is going to end. And I'm yeah. just praying that I get there. I know exactly where I'm turning into the finish line because I don't want to run one meter more than what I have to. There's no way I would ever be going on to my fifth lap or whatever it is, or third lap as a two lap course. Maybe he was enjoying the Mexican hospitality or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, maybe he just enjoyed the atmosphere out there and he just wanted to soak it up a bit more. It is, it is pretty close to Brazil. So He trains with Sam, it, doesn't he? Sam Long. And Sam loves a, like, a longer run. Maybe Sam said to him, Andre, if you're feeling good, just add another lap and make it 15K. <laughs> like, you, no, no one's done that yet, you know? Like, you maybe know, that's just something that these two Because that, that being an ultra marathon. Yeah. Hey, 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 yeah. Uh, you need Andre, you need to run an extra lap, you know, get a bit more of a run volume in for our next race in three weeks for Daytona, you know, super compensate, man. <laughs> anyway, um, let's go over to the pro women's field. Sarah Svensk won the race and she was just three minutes off the world record. Shows you it was an awesome performance. She ran under three hours and even uh, a Spanish, Laralde, Lerald, I, I don't know how you pronounce it, but she also ran a 256 in the heat. It's just really strong. You're getting worried, aren't you? I can see the fear in your eyes. You're thinking, God, next race I do, I'm not going to get checked, am I? <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, to be I honest, can see the fear, mate. I can see I, it in your I, eyes. Uh, <laughs> You're um, thinking, Jesus, these girls are going fast now. Well, she'd be be taken in taken into the account. Like Cozumel was a downstream swim, so that's a bit unfair. But Toon was a bit short as well. So I think that would even it out. Yeah, I'd then, say that it even out. So what then did you do Sarah Swensk would just be we just not not like would literally it would be a really good battle and you've got a good sprint finish so i would imagine you'd be sitting on the shoulder waiting for the last couple of hundred you'd back your sprint wouldn't you well i don't know oh you i reckon you'd back your sprint i guess we have to find out you've you've got you were i remember you were arguing with seb when we were in new zealand about your sprint finish you know your your 800 meter time weren't you saying when you were 12 you did some fast time surely you'd back it wouldn't you can you remember I could outrun you on a sprint, remember? We still got that on video. Anyway, um, let's uh, go over to the main subject, maybe, of the week. I've actually forgotten what the main subject is at the moment. We're going to talk about how to plan training camps. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> this shows you literally, like, we just pop the mics in and we just get this going. This could might as well, could as well be like a stand-up comedy. We yeah. don't prepare literally anything. I was actually wondering if we were going to be booking a training camp because I kept saying to Tom, we're going to book it and we're going to book it and he kept putting off. I thought it was going to ghost me like uh, like John Coleman's <laughs> done recently, you know? Like, no, I just want to... I, I was just scared of booking a training camp to Spain and then all of a sudden they'd be, be like, Corona's back, we're locking all the pools because that's what they did last year. Anyway, we booked our training camp next week. We're going two weeks to, uh, well... A, a small town near Malaga. And basically, Joe, my question to you is, what do you look for if you're going on a training camp? 
So I think swimming-wise, starting off with a swim, when you go to a training camp, I think you want to make sure you've got a pool fairly close by, don't you? I mean, obviously, the ideal situation would be you could walk to the pool and the beach is nearby and you can swim over water. Mm-hmm. That's like the 100%, isn't it, the ideal for the swim point. But otherwise, uh, a drive to the pool, ideally open-air pool because... I don't know about you in Holland, mate, but in England, they're like few and far between. I never swim open air. Here. I have pretty white skin. I, I don't like open air. You don't like open skin. air, though, do you? I yeah, get so... skin burned. Remember, yeah. I don't yeah, like I open do. air pool. <laughs> he was wrapping up in a wetsuit when we were in Dubai. Like it was yeah. 35 degrees. The pool was hot. And you should have seen him. He went from being the mozzarella to like, I don't know, the melon or something. He was that red inside. Like the heat was just, you look like, look like an overcooked bit of bacon, you know, swimming in a wetsuit in Dubai in an open air pool. Like that was what he had to do to avoid the sun. Degrees. 35 degrees. Every day I was so dehydrated because of the swim. Anyway, so the pool, you're looking for a pool yeah, really close, pool by. close by. That's ideal. Biking, you want, I think you want a mixture of like mountains, quiet roads, definitely and not too far to get out of a town if you're in a town. And some flat roads is quite good for like some easier so, rides or something like speaking that. Speaking out of experience, we think a couple of countries are really shit for cycling. Starting off with Switzerland. Well, at least the part where we've been together, we've been riding out on the roads and the cyclists, uh, the 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 the, uh, the cars, they just don't like cyclists. Remember, we cra- almost got yeah. killed. Crazy. Mate. I thought Switzerland, you know, everyone goes on about the mountains and nice. Super unsafe. It would unsafe. be great, but honestly, yeah, it's one of the most unsafe places I've ever been on my bike. They hated us. America. They were really, spraying us, really. They were spraying us with their wind. Can you remember? They were going yeah, past us they driving. Were they us. were like trying to clean their windows. And they were like, we thought at first it was an accident. Then after about the third or fourth time, someone did it in one ride. But like, I think they're trying to get, they're spraying us on purpose with some chemicals or something. I found where we were in Florida, really shit for training. Yeah, Florida um, was dreadful. Dubai is awesome. Spain is awesome. Austria is awesome. Just really friendly. Uh, France is quite awesome for uh, a I think Pont Rameau is amazing. Like, you've got quiet roads, undulating roads, mountains. You've got literally everything. Like, that is, for me, that's the best place I've These been. countries, Netherlands, super cyclist-friendly, just not great weather. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think where, like, England's not too bad as well. Like, the cyclist, or generally where I ride, the cyclist's, like, absolutely fine. But like you say, the weather's terrible. So that's one thing you uh, want in a training camp. You want good weather. You like, want... You definitely sun. want. Good I think water. the weather is the most important thing, isn't it? Especially, especially when you're booking a camp in uh, the winter time, because right now we just want to get away because we want to get some decent volume in. Next week it's going to be five degrees, uh, three to five degrees, whole lot of rain, and you're not getting like loads of hours and in. Don't do what I did once, where I booked a training camp to altitude and went to Lake Tahoe in February. And got the worst weather in 50 years, I think. And it snowed. And I remember having to, you can ask Brian Foggy this, who came with me. I was digging the car out with a spade to get to the pool because it was that bad. Didn't have any like winter tires on the car. People having them spikes on it, you know, so they could get extra grip. I didn't have any of that. The bloody car was sliding left to right, you know. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, this thing's drifting. You'd park up at the swim pool. And I'm not even lying here. I'm not exaggerating. I would not know if I was going to be able to drive the car home after the swim because it was snowing that bad. It was like a lottery. Like I thought, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to drive it back from the pool or if I'm going to have to leave it there and get a lift. You must have gotten some day. really, really nice case in on a TT bike. Mate, you literally couldn't ride. Like, honestly, <laughs> it was like crazy. Like the snow would start to melt and you'd be thinking, oh, yes, like we're going to be out on the road. We're going to be, you wake up in the morning, there'd be like a foot what? snow that would come. What I think personally, if you're looking for great places 
to ride your bike is really nice. You, for example, you were going on on Fond Remo about Fond Remo, and for example, uh, uh, Duverdon, Duverdon is it was no, where were we? Were that uh, Embrun, Embrun, um, for cycling. The thing, what I find nice is about where we're going right now, for example, and about Austria in comparison to, for example, Embrun. Is you have like more of rolling hills, so you have a climb that could be like twenty minutes, fifteen minutes, an hour, uh, instead of like only going up one and a half hours and going down and you bank three hours. It's just I don't like that. I just yeah, it's want too to relentless. see a, exactly. It's mega relentless, and you can't really uh, use it properly for training because you don't really want to be right. You want to be going up climbs where you can do like actual proper training. So exactly tempo efforts, 20, 30 minutes. So I would efforts, look for a like place that. that's got a bit of both. Where we're going right now, well, we haven't been there, but we have been checking Strava and all that. It's got a bit of a flat part. We could go into the hills. We could go into the mountains. It's just uh, trails, the beach. It's got everything. It sounds and, like a game, but we're about to find out. And running, I think as well, looking at running, I like some like undulating trails. I think if you can get some undulating trails, soft mm-hmm. surfaces to run on, uh, a track not too far away so you could do a track session and like maybe like a flat coastal bit or something, you know, if you mm-hmm. do it, want to run on that. But I think for me, I like running the trails. When I'm in Fontainebleau, we run up the ski hills, everything. Like it's off-road all the time and it gets you so fit. Like, I mean, it's brutal, and, but like you get strong. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And with regards to um, recovery, what's also really important, see if there's something, uh, some nice pops nearby. Yeah, definitely, mate. It's all about the recovery. Remember to our mate Triathlon Taron? He, 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 he reckons that you need a good drink and you need to sit down, don't you, after you know, a hard day. I'm all in for that. So we're definitely, uh, oh, by the way, on our training camp, we're going to bring a whole media crew. We stepped up our game. We've got some people following the journey along and um, we're going to do some videos, especially the one we need to do is the one on recovery in the pop still. Yeah, we've got a, we've got as many media team as we have athletes going. Haven't we? <laughs> yeah. So we're like, we, you know, you think Jan Fredina comes from an entourage. We haven't seen nothing yet. <laughs> we've got a bigger media team going on our camp in uh, Malaga than Ironman Cozumel had. Yeah, that's actually true. We've if Iron Man <laughs> wants to hire us, well, they could hire our media team. We don't charge much. <laughs> just just put really, us up in a nice hotel. Really looking forward. Oh, all right. With regards to accommodation, I wanted to ask you this one. Um, what What are you looking for? Do you want a hotel? Do you want a bar? Do you want a bed? Do you want a tent? A caravan, whatever. What do you want? Well, mainly some cupboards in my bedroom so I can store my best food so you don't steal it. That's my main <laughs> that's my main thing. <laughs> like forget all the other stuff. That's just luxuries. But I don't want a tent would be all right, because then at least if you tried to get in, I could like get you out. You know, I could zip the door <laughs> shut and put a lock on it or something. Um but no, definitely want a kitchen ideally, so you can cook. Like in the past when I've actually been away, we've had my we've had my dad, haven't we? And he's like mm-hmm. done gone to the supermarket, got done the cooking, stuff like that. Like so I think if you are going on a training camp and you're pro, ideally you want someone to take care of the admin side, don't you know all that? Because then you can just concentrate on the training. But if not, you want a kitchen, you want... Um, uh, what? Are, so you're going on right now about like an Airbnb, an apartment. An or, Airbnb or, or an apartment, yeah. Because um, in the past, I was always booking a hotel. But what I find really nice is, apart from the aspect that you just can get food out of the fridge, and I just love it. Uh, every time of the day when you want he really to. Does, he really does love it, honestly. <laughs> you don't know. That he didn't get the reputation being mozzarella for nothing, you know. This guy, before he, got into, yeah, before he got into triathlon, this guy was a big old lump, you know. You ought to see him. He was big, he was sweaty, you know. He liked his food, he liked his drink. 
I already had the sports mentality with regards to eating. Yeah, and he's not lost his appetite. Now he does sport, he eats even more. The only thing is he's got going in his favour is he burns the damn stuff off. Like, we were in New Zealand and he was eating us out of house and home. Honestly, he was putting away food. You'd think... You'd he have to put up a second mortgage. Yeah, but he actually lost weight. I don't know how he did it. He lost three kilos while we were out there. Honestly, I don't know what he'd have to eat. eat I remember on race morning, or no, the day before the race, but check in. We we had to stand on a scale. And you were like, can't be correct. Can't be correct because you you gained like two kilos. I gained like two kilos. This bloody guy like was eating all my food and he lost three kilos. It shows you that I made him step up his game and eat him and he gained weight. Bad, <laughs> yeah, this guy's guy got tapeworm, mate. You've got tapeworm in your tummy or something. Um, <laughs> anyway, what I found really important about having like an apartment because is uh, you'd have some sort of living room where you could chill out after a session. Whereas if you'd have a hotel room, you'd just have the bed. And that's just another aspect I like about it. It's just the social bit. You want to have a social room, I think, where if you're exactly. in a camp, you can have a bit of banter and you kind of like form a bit of like, uh, you know, a group mentality where you're kind of in it together and you mm-hmm. have a bit of fun in the evenings, you know, and just like that social aspect. I think that's really good in a training camp because it brings you all together and it helps you all get through it. And it's just, it just makes it more fun. Like I think you want to, the training camp needs to be productive so you get the good training, but you also need that social aspect where it's fun and you have a good time because if you're, if you're having fun and a good time, you're probably going to train a lot better and recover a lot, a lot better. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're in a hotel and you're all in separate rooms and stuff, it's not going to be as fun. And you're not going to get that group mentality where you're all like helping each other get through and having a good time, you know, because if you have a bad day where you feel tired, it's good to have a bit of a laugh at the end of the day, and you know, and, uh, you know, you exactly. put it aside and it's like, right, next tomorrow's the next day. But that's what I was looking for. An Airbnb where like you can have a good social bit of fun and you've got your own room, whatever kitchen and you can, you know, get mm-hmm. some really good training in. Let's go over to the bullshit buster, Joe. The, the bullshit, bullshit buster. buster. This is a, this is a um, good one. This is a good one because literally it's bullshit in itself. I've been getting towards this game because it just didn't stop popping up on my feet. So I know 90% of the people that are listening must have seen it. It's a device that will restrict your breathing so you will grow your lungs and thus capacity like more, more oxygen intake and that kind of stuff. Have you seen it, Joe? Yeah, I've seen it. And like, if you're fit and you're healthy and you're training, I just don't understand how it's going to help. You know, like, you. you so basically, it, you this device it, yeah? will give like some sort of, um, how do you call it? Like, it will restrict your breathing. So it will make it really hard to breathe. So you need to work harder and you train your lungs. And there was even this post of a guy that's been using the device and he grew his lungs from five liter to like seven and a half. I was like, holy cow, like that's almost double the size or half the size. Uh, um, I, I but the thing is, they're not getting any quicker, are they? They're athletes that are using it. They've got some athletes that are endorsing it and none of them are getting any faster since they've been You still it. need to be able to translate the oxygen into the muscles. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. And I, I wonder if it does actually make your lungs any better. Like, you know, how much does it even cost anyway? Like, it's- I think I, I every euro is one too much. Yeah. Can you name five professional athletes to mean any sport that have been benefiting from this? Never seen it. And basically, if you're fit and you're healthy and you're training, it's not going to really do you any good. If your lungs are on the last legs, then, yeah, maybe you need a bit of help for it. You know, like, I don't know, like, you, uh, maybe it would help you if you've been suffering from COVID. Who knows? But, like, if you're a fit, <laughs> healthy athlete, like, I can't see 
how this thing is going to make any difference. What's it called Aerofit or something? I don't know, something like that. Like, there are probably some, uh, like many companies out there with uh, a device like that. There's different devices, definitely, because I've seen other devices called different names for this thing. And, and how do you think it looks when you put that thing in your mouth? I think it looks a bit like the weaker, weaker version of Bane. I mean, it almost reminds me of their altitude masks. Do you remember seeing them? Yeah, where people yeah. would put the mask on their face and they'd go for a run and stuff like that. And like, I saw a few pictures like of people trained them and I thought, how embarrassing would it be? You know, you've got this big old mask on your face, you know, before COVID times, obviously not the norm. During COVID, it would have been great, you know, it looked like you've got a face mask on. Naturally, you're getting yourself some fake altitude training. You know, at least then you can pretend it's doing some job. But back then, you know, you used to see people put these masks on and stuff like that, go run. They said it was the same as altitude. I mean, I've seen some funny things in my time, but Jesus, this one it, is definitely it. it it reminds me of Bane saying, no one really cared who I was until <laughs> I put on the mask. <laughs> yeah. If you want to look like our mate Bane, then get, then get one of these things. If you, and, uh, and just like the glucose monitor, if you show up with this device, you better get some really decent numbers with whatever uh, you're doing because you're trained. not going to blag it with a bad day or whatever. Oh, just... Interesting story, right? <laughs> I had a guy come up, Lewis, we're call- well, sorry, I shouldn't really name normal names. We'll call him Colin. We're calling him Colin. No, no, because- Colin is a legend because he was running out balls out. We need to call it. Oh, Let- sorry, let's call him Colin. Rob. Let's so call him Rob. Mate? What was our mate called who had the Super Sapiens? We didn't really give him a name. He was just all right. Car. Cameron. Cameron with the Super. Cameron, who likes monitoring his, like, you know, how many sausages and sugar and all that he's had and whether or not he's <laughs> had too many beers, orange juice, all that kind of crap, was training with me the other day. And we were doing a swim. Cameron was wearing like his glucose thing. He got it. He didn't really know what the hell he was doing, but he got it for free, you know? So he was like, I'm going to wear it. I'll see what it's like. We go for a swim set. It's been a hard week. Cameron's not knocking in some swimming. Guess who had to get out of 2K? Cameron. Glucose he, monitor didn't save him. Didn't tell him when to eat a Snickers, how many he like, miles. But he, bonked, he bonked with a Super Sapiens. Now, that shows that that bullshit has been busted, mate. And if you're bonking <laughs> with a Super Sapiens, there ain't nothing that's going to save you, is there? Like, I nothing. Like, I, I bonked blindfolded, so... Um, but I can... with me, and he bonked with a Super Sapiens. Uh, that is like, I'm more impressed of that, that I managed to get someone to bonk I think that's Sapiens. like riding with your power meter and then overdoing it during a ride and say that you rode too, for too long over FTP and you didn't know it. One of my... That is going on my Palmares alongside winning an Ironman is that I managed to get someone to bonk who uses a Super Sapiens. That's a, that's a badge of honor for me, mate. That is like... <laughs> that is a badge of honor. Just, if, re- if you wear a Super Sapiens, you might bonk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With regards to the restricted breathing device, uh, that bullshit has been... There's not much like we can say about that because it's, it's just, just, you just know it's bullshit. Don't you? It's like, just, I mean, they're like, just you don't going really. after your money. I, th- I first thought it was something from AliExpress. You'd be better going out... <laughs> instead of wasting your money on that, you'd probably be better going out for a night out and having a good time. It's, they're both going to do you just as good for your training. Like, yeah. and at least then you'll have fun on a night out. So just go for a nice <laughs> meal, have a couple of drinks. It's just as well, money well spent. Exactly. Um, we can go over to the Instagram post of the week, mate. And I think many, many people have seen this one. A guy came into his pain cave and, well, it was a post actually on pathetic triathletes. And he came into his pain cave and then he saw his carbon wheels have been ripped up by his parrot. His parrot, like, literally chewed on his carbon rims and, like, totally ripped it up. I would be uh, so angry if my parrot did that. 
you know, that thing would be going straight on eBay or something, you know, like parrot. <laughs> the, e- parrot the parrot. Or... Hundred percent, mate. That parrot would be going on eBay. He'd be needing a home. First of all, I've got two theories how I think that parrot managed to do that. The first one being is like abuse of the parrot. The parrot was sitting at home, and every time, day in day out, he saw the owner getting the bike out cleaning the bike, buying it new rims. Where's the parrot? He never got outdoors. He never got a clean bath. So it was just pure frustration and anger. Once he was on the loose, he was like, I'm going to rip his fucking bike up and I'm going to make him care for me. So basically that's the first one. Do you want to know what I think, actually? I I think it's more like the the parrot was uh, made to wear a Super Sapiens and he wanted to test how uh, his blood glucose would change if he ate a carbon (laughs) wheel. <laughs> he wanted to see if it would help him fly faster because he'd be more aero because the car. Yeah. <laughs> that could be. My second theory is he wanted a new bike, but he couldn't. So he trained his parrot to eat like carbon, and then he made his parrot eat the whole bike. And then he just simply say to his wife, like, "Oh my god, you don't believe what Kenny's just done to my bike." That's a pretty plausible thing that he could have done. That is pretty he plausible. Probably did that to and pass it off. Now. I've got an awesome idea how you can become world champion, Joe. Now listen to this story. You buy yourself a parrot just like that. And you know, parrots, they're very smart. You train Put it in transition. Put you, it in transition. You're training to, to eat carbon like a motherfucker. And you bring it down to St. George on race morning in your little transition bag. And you make sure you're the last pro going out of transition. And you unleash the little fucker. I'm and gonna he's get just going to rip all the tires of all, all, all the carbon wheels of all the get pros and you'll come off uh, out of the swim and you'd see so many people. hundred percent, mate. I'm going to be a mixture of like Dr. Doolittle and Ace Ventura. And the when parrot, you see me the parrot will be gone. He'll, mate, he'll just have, fly off. I'll have a few of them in my bag. So watch out guys. If you see me go in transition with a big old bag in St. George, you know that I'm, uh, I'm unleashing the parrot on you. <laughs> the, the parrot could be more sneaky than the junkyard dog because it's actually doing some physically physical damage. The junkyard dog just intimidates people, doesn't it? I know. That one goes that, really deep. And the thing is, the junkyard dog even chases you after the race, and whereas we, the parrot won't. And we even had a story, didn't we? Tell us about uh, a woman at a track session said that some kids came past her, didn't she? Oh, yeah. She was uh, in, in the swimming pool, and she said the, uh, the younger kids in the swimming pool started to bark, bark like dogs at her because <laughs> um, she I thought was it was like, on the track. Was it at the swimming pool? I put it, they, was, uh, the it was at the swimming pool. And she started oh. to laugh. And she said, what, what's that from? Basically, what they're doing in the rest session, during the track session, all, their, uh, all the girls are barking at each other like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> me, and my, me and my mates must wonder, the locals near us must wonder what the hell we're doing now. Because when we run around the track, just for a laugh, when we're lapping someone, we bark at them for a dog just as we come past. <laughs> it's funny. Because someone does it now and you laugh and you think it's funny. Other people, are do- other people are doing it to each other, but the locals that are there, like, because we get some locals turn up to the track as well. You know, anyone can use this track. It's just free. They must be thinking, what the hell is that group doing? Like, why do they bark at each other like a dog when they overtake them? <laughs> but it is funny. It is funny, and it does motivate you when they do it, because you just can't help but laugh. You know, you're in the middle of an interval, and you're finding it tough, and then someone comes past you and barks at you like a dog. I mean, it does make you laugh, and you do forget the pain for a bit. <laughs> I know it's uh, it's all good fun, isn't it? And I uh, I just think it's really funny that that's the way how she found out about the podcast. And she said, um, "She's a... going to get her own back, didn't she?" She Wait said, 
so, they so aren't going to know what's. She said she's going to get their own back, and they're not going to know what's hit them, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what she said. Uh, I was trying to see if I could get the post back up, but I couldn't. I couldn't find it. But she said indeed something like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna scare the kids," something like that. I don't know, like when, bark at them. And we're not endorsing scaring kids, you know. <laughs> we better well, say that she. Well, the juniors at the tri club. Yeah. Anyway, um, Joe, it's been another awesome week. I can't wait for next week. We'll probably do some uh, bonus podcast if uh, the crowd's keen. Uh, this was already a bit longer uh, than we'd hoped to be. We just go on and on. There's no stopping on Joe when he's going on about races and all that. So uh, sorry for that. Hope the audio's all right. And we'll hope and, to see you next well, week. Well, yeah, just let us know if you want to hear any extra ones. Because if uh, if you do, we could always do them in Malaga. It'll just be interesting to see what people think or if they uh, think uh, it's what, one, one a week's enough. Let's yeah. know. <laughs> like a, oh, and by the way, one too many you've, already. You've got to post the thing up with Andre Lopez because you've got the Instagram story on the mockery thing with him asking where the finish line is. Check <laughs> yeah. out the Insta for that. It Follow is that. pretty funny. It is pretty funny. Follow that triathlon mockery. We'll post up the Rasmus Sweddingson getting beat up by his coach, the parrot, Terminator. everything. Can, Rasmus, in my mind now, his nickname is Terminator. He's a Terminator. Because I don't know anyone other than a Terminator that could do that training in the lead up to an Ironman and still do decent. And like, coming decent. from you, the guy that always does too much to it much during race week, that is quite something. <laughs> yeah. He, right. does, he makes my training look like nothing, mate, like a walk in the park. I'll, I'll see you later. See you. See you next Bye. week. Bye-bye.